Hello, Odafest listeners. Welcome back to our Odafest podcast. It's the Thanksgiving episode slash Halloween episode slash October episode. This is Jay, and with me are recurring guests slash longtime Odafest staff slash just this episode special co-hosts. I have G and Linda with me. <laughs> hey. Hello. It's been a minute. It has been a minute. It has. It's been a long time. For but reasons I mean, unknown. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Life gets busy. Um, yeah, life gets busy. More so for some people. G and I like to stay, yeah. G and I like to stay mysterious, right? So can't mysterious. always be talking. Uh, mysterious but friendly. You know, you know how it is. Angelo, Dio, Nancy, they've just poofed off for some reason. And I've got old friends coming back to the podcast to help me yeah. out for an episode or two. So please welcome their wonderful voices onto our show today. We don't have too much to start off with in terms of announcements. We've already kind of gone through it a few times prior. Just get your weekend passes at the early bird price of $54. That's including the service charge online at odafest.com. Save yourself some money. That way you can buy more food or buy more merch. Do whatever it is that you scandalous kids do at our Scandalous kids. (laughs) (laughs) And save some money. Or don't. We we talked about this the other day where we're like, if you wanted to buy a single day wristband so you could collect every wristband, you could. We don't encourage you to do that. But if you want to spend the money and support the con... (laughs) By all means. I mean, it supports us. Plus, if somebody has a collection, we're not going to stop you from having a collection of something. Yeah, I was about to say, like, uh, I I have deep respect for the collector mindset, even though I find it overwhelming sometimes. It's true. I have friends that, like, for example, they're into the idol scene Mm. or, like, I don't know, whatever fandom. And the lengths that the collector mindset goes to, I was like, I understand it a little bit. But my gosh, the actual dedication is just like chef's kiss. You do you, babe. (laughs) Your money, your time. It's actually really impressive. Like seeing people with like these huge collections, be it pins, be it like CDs, be it memorabilia, lanyards. Yeah. It's really impressive to see. I just don't have the ability to do something like that just because I'm just like, I'm not dedicated enough to something to be like, I need everything of this. I'll get like one or two things here and there of, of something like Final Fantasy fourteen. I really enjoyed that. So I got a couple of things from Final Fantasy fourteen, but I'm not the type of guy who's going to collect everything. I think it's a space issue for me. Like I, I find it really impressive how collectors <laughs> have these gorgeous displays. And I ha- have come into several uh, new plush thanks to the OdaFam. We got a care mm-hmm. package because we have a little newborn and I'm like, I can't get, I mean, like (laughs) I was going to say get rid of it. That's not really my point. I just don't know how to display it in a way that makes a lot of sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And he's a little bit too young to be playing with a lot of it yet, but I'm just like, wow, I know there's people who have these gorgeous like displays, shelves, uh, nets. There's all these sort of ways to display plush. And I'm like, I just have a pile sitting in his crib because he won't sleep in his crib. So that's where they go now until <laughs> until we swap it or something. Until we Look, swap it out of the I completely understand. I completely understand because like I have my own like apartment, but I'm notorious for not collecting much at all. I literally have a bookshelf with some drawers mm-hmm. for uh, like hiding boxes and stuff. But like it just has my favorite book series. It has some Pokemon stuff, some other random things. And I have literally <laughs> just condensed all of any necessary things that I just, that, that I, I, I declared to be my fandom into this literal, I don't know what to, uh, the square footage must be like 10 square feet <laughs> of just like, it stays there. Stays there, That's but it's, it. it's full of cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But like, uh, go, you, you know, if you ever come over, you may observe it. And and everything else is like yeah no this is my essentials this is, that's a couch that's a TV See, I'm kind, I'm kind of worse than that because like I will get cool stuff that I like really enjoy and really like mm-hmm. but I will like keep it in its box and it'll be oh, like oh no I actually have it like stored off to the side in its original oh, box and stuff that. like and it's not because I'm like oh I want to keep it pristine or anything like that it's just because I'm like. Me knowing I have it is one thing, and me like putting it up for display, I'm just like, I don't know, it's in my space, it's for me, I know it's there, I don't really need to display it for anybody else, because then I have to clean it and stuff like that, so I'm just like, if I just have it and have it stored somewhere, I'm good with that. But mind no, you, I that's because that. my current setup. I, I believe change. that if you have it, and if 
you like it, it should be displayed. And if it's in the storage, you should reevaluate whether or not it should be there. That's, I mean, <laughs> I just, I can't have too many boxes. I say that, mm. except I have like seven boxes of cosplays that I'm like, yeah, I will never wear these again, but you know, I have memories. You don't know that. Yeah, you don't know oh, that. You have I, a baby now. You have a baby now. You have, you have a whole new level of couples cosplay. Well, can we talk about what your Halloween plans are? Do you guys have Halloween costume plans? Because I do this year. Really? I do. I, I do do share. Properly dressed up. I haven't properly dressed up for Halloween in a long time. Um like the only thing I want to do, actually I'm not even working on Halloween. Mm. So I don't know if I'm actually going to commit to this because um at work uh I'm kind of limited in what I can wear, but I wanted to almost like it's almost like an overcommitment despite how like simple it might be because I might wear like minimal makeup and like minimal decorations but i've always wanted to get like do you know what scleral contacts are oh hell yeah yes yeah so they're like first of all they're expensive yes. they're like 80 or 90 dollars yeah. mm-hmm. they're basically one-time use they're not healthy for your eyes <laughs> <laughs> these are all things i want to imprint on you but i still wanted to get them i've always wanted to wear them just mm. like just i just want to get like the straight black and then you look i want to do that too because i wanted to freak out Yes, I want I want to freak out coworkers. That's oh. basically it because I want to be able to be like at my desk at work. Oh, uh, super and, low you key. Know, some people because we're allowed. Yeah, we're allowed to wear some Halloween, you know, uh, costuming and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to be like at work, and then like a coworker come by comes by and it's like, oh hi Jay, how are you? And I just turn. And I'm like, I'm well. <laughs> and they'd be like, because I'd, I'd like to get like. The pure black ones, right? Yeah, the pure black ones. And then get like maybe a little bit of like eye makeup around. Like like maybe look at like veiny or like. Um, yeah, yeah. So it draws focus to the eyes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That are all messed up and possessed looking. That's what I wanted to do. But I'm not working Halloween. And I'd rather not. Halloween, anyways. Yeah, but that's not the point. And you don't want to do it like so. a day before, or like something like that. Either. No, no. But like I said, I don't really have, I don't really have plans otherwise. But I'm, I'm super curious to hear what you've got going on, Linda. Okay. Well, uh, most cosplayers I know don't actually usually dress up for Halloween. I feel like it's mm-hmm. like the day. I, it's a day that you think that people would dress up, but it's the one that we don't. Um, <laughs> I don't know if. The listeners won't have context for this, but Ian is, you know, a nerdy looking guy. Yes, Mm -hmm, my husband mm -hmm. may have seen him around Odafest, so he usually is hiding in our sort of command center. But we've been watching Ghibli movies, and Mm -hmm. we watched this Ghibli movie called Kiki's Delivery Service, and I was like, Mm -hmm. hey, do you not look just like this freaking nerdy ass boy who loves planes, right? Like he's obsessed with flying, and Ian's like kind of just like him so for a I few years i can see that right so for a few years i was like listen we're gonna do kiki and tombo but now we have a little little child and i'm like this child could be Gigi. i'm gonna get him a black onesie make him a little black cat ears and he will be the talking cat who's that, does, that sounds I mean, adorable so that is the plan that is whether or not i get together is the other question but i've kind of looked up all these things Look, you are a veteran cosplayer. The con crunch is just a different time of year. That's all. That's it's true. just a October con crunch. I have every faith in you. And my advantage to this is if I do this, we'll just wear it to, to actual convention and it will be ready. It'll be done. Also true. Exactly. It's, it's just... pre-planning for the next convention. <laughs> yeah, so I'm doing the you may have to now. update the size for, oh, for your son. 100%. He, he's growing at like, I think the average is uh, like half a pound a week or something. Like pretty substantially when in terms of clothing. That's nuts. So, yeah. But yeah, that, that, this is, I was like, this year I'm actually inspired for Halloween. Usually I'm like, oh mm. yeah, I'll hand out some candy. Well, I'll, I don't know, pull something out of the closet. You know what's interesting is that like, I don't know if you like if the weather's good where you are but like if the weather's good enough you could actually take the time to like ride around the neighborhood like on a bike (laughs) that's ridiculously cute that's yeah it is but it's like that that kind of just that tracks right yeah that's true and i do have a new bike i haven't taken out for a spin yet there you go it's so i I mean it sounds like everything is lining up yeah This, this might be what you do I bought this bike mostly because it has a basket. And I'm like, well, if it doesn't have a basket, what's the point of having the bike? <laughs> yes, that's exactly. 
I bought the bike for the basket, not not for the bike. <laughs> not the actual not the bike itself. Way around, yes. How about you, G? Do you have anything? Um, no, I would just actually to mention in regards to that is in the past, the only times like, you know, when I was a kid, of course, I dressed up because I going to go get candy. So always you have to dress up. It, it was just one of those things I was expected. But as I've grown up and not gone out trick or treating and stuff like that, there have been a few times I've dressed up for like, mm-hmm. you know, like work parties and stuff like that or like uh, a Halloween party at a friend's place. But outside of that, I've been pretty low key on Halloween, kind of just like chilling out, maybe over at a friend's place, watching some horror movies or something like that. But not a lot of dress up. And even this year, I'm like, I've got like some costumes I can throw on last minute if I need to. But it really depends on what the situation is. If if I'm going to be in a group where everybody's dressing up, sure, I've got something. But otherwise, I'm probably just going to be low key just chilling. I think the problem is where we live, it's so cold. So mm. most of us have memories of wearing snowsuits over or like <laughs> underneath our costumes. Yeah. And when Halloween's a random Tuesday, it's super hard to get into the spirit of it. And it's only a few hours in the night. So I'm like, am I really going to spend all this time getting dressed, putting on makeup, such and such a thing for... I'm also not even sure that I the think... current neighborhood I live in has a lot of kids. So mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. hoping we have a lot of trick-or-treaters this year, but I'm not sure what that will look like. I think part of it is the uh, the cost-benefit analysis for Halloween, <laughs> to apply adult terms to Halloween, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is that people... So Halloween has changed since I was a kid. I used to get all bundled up, you know, two layers, three layers thick, depending on the year. Mm-hmm. And then you'd and then you'd stuff your costume over top of that. Absolutely. Right? Or under. And, it depends. Yeah. And I would get pushed out the door mm-hmm. by my parents. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no, I say that. No, I mean I super loved Halloween. So yeah. <laughs> I love trick or treating. Parents were so like, I Are you be, going out I'd, in this? I'd, and you're I'd like, yes. <laughs> yeah, after school. Yeah, like I, you know, after school or whatever the day was. Uh, you know, I'd get all ready, and then probably by five o'clock, I, I'm, I'm assuming I'd be out the door, and I would go. And I'm talking, I was like, I don't know, eight or nine, probably at mm-hmm. the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'd go like hard until like ten thirty, ten thirty, eleven, and uh, kids don't do that anymore. Mm. Is what I'm saying. Like, like that. That's where the cost benefit. I have is. heard like, that kids kids still go do out that. for like two hours. Kids no goes go. Kids go out for like two hours from like five to like seven thirty. And that's it. I don't think that's, that's true because one of my coworkers told me that there's they're they're smarter now. What's going on now is children or parents have figured out that there are certain communities in Calgary that mm-hmm. are more wealthy and give out full size candy bars. So they will drive over to those communities to get their stuff. That is what's going on. So they like there's certain communities who are like, oh, this isn't worth it to me. But they don't but they don't go like but that means that they're still not getting like a bag full of candy. I used to get two trash bags worth of candy. Yeah. Like it was nuts. Now they're you could say that they're like, oh, you're getting these full size photographers, but then you miss out on variety. Yeah. Sure. That's a good point. Did you ever do I actually almost exclusively did mall trick-or-treating until i was a little bit older no that no, was no. what my parents did <laughs> get out of here growing up for me it was very much because i had an older brother two years older than me and when we were younger we would always go trick-or-treating and he was like oh i gotta take you along and i'm like i am it was it was one of those things that you know older brother doesn't really want it and younger brother tagging along but then i explained it to him i'm like listen if we go together that's double the candy and he's like wait a second i'm like yeah, and you, you're understanding trades. now, right? The, the tradesy like, part is very important. Exactly. So on top of that as well, like when I was young, my neighborhood was bumping. Like you literally went from house to house to house to house getting candy across the board. That is the other thing. Like I would probably say the density of available housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, available house. No, I'm not like, going that <laughs> way. <laughs> That's the a density different discussion. <laughs> Trick or treat houses. We're not talking about the. We're talking about the trick or treat economy, not the actual housing. <laughs> it um, is way. It was way less. Certainly yes. less. I think I, it's one in like five houses. Back in the day, now it was something? like two out of third. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think back in the day, it was like two thirds of houses would have trick or treats, uh, whether they were handing it out or you could grab your own or whatever the situation is. Now it's got to be like yeah, one one in five, mm-hmm. maybe one in four, depending. I would say the highest is probably one in th- one in three. In newer suburbs, with, sure, with lots uh, of children, you right? Expect to be yeah. younger children yeah. and things like that. But like, if you are in older neighborhoods, 
where there's not likely to be younger families, even though the density of housing is probably actually higher, uh, fewer, fewer trick-or-treat houses, even though I would say those communities might actually have cooler things because they tend to do like i remember like haunted houses actually like, about that i was through. i was actually going to ask you guys about that because yeah. growing up there was always this one house in in their neighborhood that was called the chainsaw house because <laughs> um what they Not would have they they went all out for for halloween because um it was like all, all their lights were off but like they had like spooky lighting turned on and they had like a porch that you'd have to go up and there was like a guy sitting in like a rocking chair next to the door right. that would like mm-hmm. jump at you every once in a while, but it wouldn't it wouldn't be always, so like you couldn't expect it yeah. all the time. But and there you was had also to make like it through to the backyard well, to get like candy on the on the front lawn. There was a guy with a chainsaw. Obviously, there was like no blade on the chainsaw, but like you know, he was like revving it the entire time to like scare kids away. And yeah. the reward was you got like a handful of full size chocolate bars if you made it there. But so many people were like scared and they like they wouldn't go. But like I remember that vividly and I'm like, that place was awesome. Like that made a Halloween experience. And like, did you guys have anything like that when you were growing up? Uh well, as an exclusive mall trick or treater. Now I did I did start going to the neighborhoods <laughs> when I was a little bit older. But mm. I don't recall i just know that there was a house that always went out all out with those inflatables and that was always Mm. a big kind of and it was fun to see they would put a new one up every single day of the month leading up to so it was kind of fun to go by every single day and go oh this is a new you know jack-o'-lantern or whatever it is so maybe not the same spirit but Mm -hmm. i think that just generally i see less of that type of enthusiasm and mm-hmm. mall trick-or-treating used to actually be sick. Like, I used to got, get really, really cool gadgets and things because um, I would go to Chinook Mall, the, mm-hmm. and that's where. But now I know that I went a few years ago just to go grab something, and, like, most of the mall stores have signs that say no, no candy now. And I'm like, well, that's not very fun. Like, that because that used to be kind of the oh, way to yeah. do it. Yeah. If you didn't want to freeze to death outside. And now most of them don't even do candy anymore. So it's kind of sad that that's not even an option available. Because it, it is good, a good option if you maybe have like accessibility issues in terms mm-hmm. of sidewalks or snow and things like that. But yeah, it's kind of a bygone era too. As somebody who like worked in retail for a good bit, I used to work at Chinook Mall. Mm. And I remember giving out kids uh, uh, giving out kids <laughs> here's a child here you go Take it with you. I don't want it anymore um, giving kids candy from our mall because like I, uh, from our store because like the prevailing idea is that it would attract people mm-hmm. so they would come in and browse or whatever that's not true we all know what the interaction is <laughs> yeah they run up it's they grab the a handful and, the and they run away again yeah exactly but at the same time, you don't even like, have to say trick or treat. That's the, you know what? <laughs> that's the part that maybe angers me the most. There's no requirement to say trick or treat when you're mall trick or treating. Because I, I definitely there's said no trick door or treat. to knock on. There's no doorbell. I think I always had to run around and find a store associate and say trick or treat to them. That was the rule. Yeah, I am also much older, so I don't know what them kids are doing these days in terms of that. But mm-hmm. you have to live vicariously Things through have your child. Yeah, he's a little bit too little to go trick-or-treating. I think it'll take a couple years before we can actually do that. No, that's just you going out for candy at that point. <laughs> yes. You right now, little, it you, would you be have me a... pushing a little newborn around in a stroller being like, can I have candy? I deserve candy. Well, <laughs> yeah. you say that as baby. though it's ridiculous, but there are some families out there that, that rock that on, on Halloween where they have this little baby and they're like, it's his first trick-or-treating. And it's like... He's too small to realize what's going on, but okay, here's some candy. Have fun. Bye. That's fair. I, I will. I think at this year, I want to stay home and give out candy. So, mm. in a few years when he's older, then we will become the. Actually, that raises a point. Does someone does someone have to stay home to give out the candy while the other people go out to get candy? Is that the circular economy here? Yes, because like for me, it was always my parents stayed home, and we just rocked it getting candy when we were growing up. So that's uh, the, it. Was always the case fair. of like. Because back in the day, like, you weren't as worried about your kids walking around, you know, being crazy. You know how it was back I'm in the day. S- I'm still not that worried about it, but I, I hmm. don't know. Maybe I'm just out of touch here. I mean, it doesn't... I don't know if it really matters. But, I mean, if we're talking about, again, the trick-or-treat economy, as mm-hmm. it were, you know, if the numbers are, like, one in five, 
one and four, whatever it is. I'm just being like, do your part. Like, I can't do my part because I'm in an apartment. But mm-hmm. you know what I actually do is I usually go to a friend's house where they actually have a accessible a house door. for trick-or-treating. Yeah. And, yeah. like, anybody comes and to the door, just rock yeah. it, right? We just do shifts of, yeah, of, of, of doing the trick-or-treating. And we have a jack-o'-lantern of some sort mm-hmm. out there. You know, got to do the the signaling. The, that's actually one thing I miss. <laughs> that's the red light district of candy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my God. That's one way of putting it. That's what a jack-o'-lantern is. It's the red light, okay? Okay, that's not what I miss, but I miss the jack-o'-lantern carving with like hanging out with friends and like carving jack-o'-lantern and stuff like that. Like We we did some... that a few years ago, didn't we? Or I feel like I did that hmm. with a few Odafest people a few years ago, though now I can't recall. It's it's been a while. Which t- which I do it on that the was. Yeah, honestly, for it's me, just, it's, it's, it's been just, a while ever since pandemic and everything. Like, right, yeah, but definitely pre-pandemic. I just remember yeah. holding the, the the really crappy knife that you buy that's mostly <laughs> plastic and then like with freezing cold oh, hands yeah, trying yeah, to get yeah, into yeah. the pumpkin. So do you... I... No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. so I was going to say, do you uh, have a tradition of watching movies then during while you're waiting for kids to come up? Or do, Yes, very much so. Yeah. Board games, board games and, and movies, usually really bad movies. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, they're bad horror movies, wow. but you know, like, okay, this because there's only so many good movies out there, right? So eventually, no, 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 you have no, no, to go no. to the Here's bad the horror movies. Here's the argument, okay? Uh-huh. You could just watch the good ones, and and this is me saying, like, I've, I've, I'm notoriously known for not rewatching things, mm-hmm. but I'm also, I don't, I don't have that many more neurons left, okay? I don't need to kill off the ones I have left watching <laughs> really bad movies when I could just be watching decent good horror movies or just poor movies in general i don't know why i do this to myself where i'm watching like i'm okay with b movies i like b movies uh-huh. but i'm watch. i'm telling you on halloween for some reason we delve into like the r movies <laughs> and the s movies where that is, there's no there's no grading left for these they're they're just absolutely brain destroying i should have just you know would like to clarify this is going down the alphabet so like the tears getting lower than b yes i'm just like i'm just getting maybe this is why people drink maybe i should drink oh my gosh <laughs> no. is, okay i was not realizing we're spinning into this existential crisis i, I, I really enjoy b movies like hands down like b movies are entertaining because you they're like Jerry dumb Seinfeld that much no also, the advantage of B-movies when you're, like, you know, handing out candy and stuff like that is if you miss a bit, it doesn't matter. Like, you, kid comes to the door, you're watching a B-movie, you just leave the movie playing, you go hand out candy, I just come back. A hundred percent, I disagree. Because here's the thing. In well-written movies, mm. well-acted movies, mm-hmm. you have to follow the thread. Right. Okay? But, like... They, they 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 write it and it's well written and well acted mm-hmm. so you know sort of where it's going right bad movies 13 different stupid things could be happening and by the 100%. time you come back from your like 45 second interaction with the children at the door you are like how did i get from you know clown land to like spider forest and you know, sixteen different things happen in the in between, and there's a whole different cast at this point. Like, I don't know what's happening. All right, all right, I'm That's understanding. That's the problem with those movies. I, I I see where you're coming from. You get too invested in the movie story, and you need to know what's going on. Meanwhile, I'm just like, yeah, stuff's happening. Eh, like I watch B movies very relaxed, not even like worrying about stuff no, like that. I need to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. I should drink. And alternatively, watch alternatively, that's what other people probably do. Good horror movies, the the whole concept of that, right? Like you, you put on a good horror movie, and it gives you that like nice spooky vibes going on. Like you said, a well written story, so you're able to follow along, and it just sets the tone so perfectly. Like those movies, man, those are my jam. Even even if it's just gonna be a, a rerun of it because I've watched it a bunch of times before, I still love watching something like that. Which is like one of the things. Um, there's a new Exorcist movie coming out, right? Yes. Did you? Why? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm curious. Why? I'm I'm curious. I want to know. The original Exorcist. Yeah, good times. Exorcist. Well, not good times, but you know, crazy times. But you know, the movie was good. And it's... I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with the upcoming one. When you I'm say the movie is good, is it that you huh. enjoy the scare, well, or is that that you're not actually scared? 
I don't really get scared. Like when I was younger, um, I used to visit my cousins and at any given time of the year, they were always like, yeah, let's watch horror movies. So I was exposed to horror movies from a very young age and they would scare the crap out of me when I was younger. However, because of that, I've been desensitized to a lot of that. So like now where I am, I will casually watch horror on the side. There was times when I was working and I would have like horror, um, like horror shorts playing on one of my screens while I was working on the other one. And my team lead was sitting next to me and he like looks over and he's like, what? I'm like, eh, just I just needed something playing while I was working. And he's like, well, you're getting the work done, whatever. But why this? I'm like, I don't know. It's relaxing. He just kind of stared at me for a couple minutes as like somebody was dying on the other screen. And he's just like, what? And I'm like, eh, don't worry about it. <laughs> so, yeah, horror movies, they don't really scare me. But See, they're interesting. I, I like them. That's interesting because I grew up with horror movies, too. We lived in Japan mm. for a few years. And Japanese horror is like a different mm. different experience. And I just think I actually have, like, I think I have PTSD from it. Where if I <laughs> hear or, like, I start seeing movies ramping up towards a certain type of storyline, I just uh-huh. get so sweaty and uncomfortable that I can't enjoy it it's like i just get like cold i'm like so scared right like even if i'm not mentally scared i just feel so uncomfortable that i can't find it enjoyable so i Mm. have to so i really enjoy but i but i want to know the story this is the problem Mm -hmm. i really want to know the story so you're actually invested i am invested so then there are you know bless these people there's youtube youtubers who do these sort of recaps of horror Mm -hmm. movies i watch those exclusively because i can see like tiny clips and I can hear the storyline, but I don't have to experience what the director is trying to do. Like I'm cheating the director, right? Of all their hard work of ramping up the scare or like the surprise or the twist. But that is the only way I can experience it. Otherwise I'm just like, I will, it really, really like gives me a physiological reaction in a way that I don't enjoy. You get to skip those tension moments. Yeah, absolutely. But I really Mm. like knowing what's going on in them. Like I watched, uh, I got really into looking at videos that talked about Midsommar, the, uh, mm-hmm. that horror movie. I thought it was really interesting, but I still have not sat down and actually watched the whole thing. I've watched clips of it that I thought were like, they would talk about some plot point that would be like, oh, I want to see actually how this was played mm-hmm. out. But I, I mm-hmm. haven't watched it from beginning to end altogether. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. For when it comes to horror genre, I love genre. Uh, I love the genre. Uh, as a whole, but the medium and the uh, theme mm-hmm. are really important to me because, like, Linda, you just talked about like Japanese horror is a different approach. Um, Asian horror in general has a different approach because they pull horror from different um, mythologies and mm-hmm. lore. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like, super can't get into is uh, like Catholic or Christian horror. Like, I really don't care about like. Nuns. Scary nuns and okay. and uh, possession, like like or not even possession, but like specifically, like oh here's a here's a cross, get mm. away from me, like, like I don't the care exorcist about any of that. kind of deal, yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, like I like cheesy horror in the sense that one of my favorite stupid movies is like uh, Van Helsing, for example, right? That's like, not really a horror; Van that's more action. But it's in the no, but it's in the mythological like horror kind of sure. okay yeah 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 no. genre that's the thing like I, I, you, I'll the agree myth with that. is there yeah, right? yeah um i don't care for most movies because i don't I, I i will also say like it's very hard for me to get startled or scared like i don't like i don't know how it is but like the build-up very rarely gets to me mm-hmm. i would say video games are probably better at that for sure mm. there's things like I, you know, if I had a brain, I could remember the name of the title I'm trying to think about. Uh, Silent Hill? Uh, Phasma, Phasmo? Phasmophobia? Okay, okay. Phasmophobia is kind of cool just because there's more buildup and environmentally you're in it. But I would argue that most video games that are made to be scary are much better because you're very invested well, into you're it. Well, you're it's forced to interact you're interact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're interacting or else you don't make any progress. And then you're like, yes. well, what's the point? So there is that balance. I mean, a game like Phasmophobia adds to the scare as well because you have no way of fighting back, really. It's just like, yes, there's yes. ghosts of X type in here. Go find out what it is. And you're like, all right, exactly. I guess I'll do it. But you can't really fight back. And it's first person as well. Yeah. So you, you're very much I, in the character, too. 
Yeah, I would say jump scares in general don't get me very much. Mm. Um, there's very few times that it's actually surprised me. And then there's like horror literature, which so I think I've never really read horror literature except for two exceptions. One would be growing up, I used to read like Goosebumps. Yes. Goosebumps. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. 100% dig Goosebumps. Goosebumps. Is, is the OG. Uh, yeah, I'm not even saying that they were like super scary, but as a kid, when I read them, I was like, I guess they're a little scary. And uh, really enjoyable. Into, the, into that genre, yeah. And then the second thing was, um, uh, and I think Linda's into these a little bit as well as the Korean webtoons, but like early ones that I used to uh, read because they used to be, I think some people know about these. I don't, I haven't read anything recent. And I'm, when I say recent, I mean the last 15 years. Um, <laughs> Or something like that. But they used to do these webtoons where uh, if you know anything about like programming for uh, like web browsers, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, there's oh. like JavaScript or, or stuff like that. Where So you'd be reading it and then they would have like you would hit a point. I know exactly the one you're talking down about. down or something like that. And then they would like actually like essentially have a jump scare by scrolling the page really quick and then creating essentially like an animation yeah. mm-hmm. um, effect. And then they would actually like the the monster or whatever would come out at you that was actually pretty cool plus there's like the aspect of um it's interesting when you're reading literature because you are kind of controlling the pace of how you engage with that medium mm-hmm. so but uh, when you're reading a webtoon like there's that graphic aspect and the story the the verbal storytelling whether it's the narrative or the characters interacting through dialogue but then it can get you because it takes that control out of your hands for a second. And I think that's really cool because unlike a video game, you're generally in control, mm-hmm. right? Like, you, you, like yes, you're right. And like Phasmo, you can't necessarily fight back very easily or if at all, depending on what not. But you're generally in control of your experience. Yeah. Like in a movie, you're not in control of your experience, but you know that you need to be expecting something at all times, mm-hmm. I feel like. So there's almost a guard. But when you're reading literature like a webtoon and it has that has that ability to literally uh wrest control from you even though you think you're like oh here's the dialogue this is the setup they're meeting you think you're in control and then all of a sudden it actually takes it away from you for just that second and Mm -hmm. it's like it can get you that's probably some of the best medium that i've seen for horror and if you haven't you don't if you don't know what i'm talking about because i know i'm describing it sort of vaguely intentionally um yeah but just look up like korean webtoon horror and like on google or whatever and i'm sure they'll give you some of the classics and stuff like that that stuff was like immaculate like it's it's short it's not like you're not going to be spending like hours of of reading yeah it's like it's but it gives you that like that rush but it was i think that was like the creepypasta of our youth right is that your mm-hmm. friend would send you this link oh look at this new thing this is back when Crunchyroll was still a totally illegitimate website and you know youtube still only gave you four minute uploads sure. and so your friends would send you a link you'd look at it and you go oh yeah it's here's a manga essentially that's what you might think it was and then suddenly something would happen mm-hmm. it's it is but i've actually forgotten about those but that's a great point i, just I, I the date think on it. though that if you google korean webtoon there's now so many modern korean webtoon horror that many which of i have read um that i don't know if it would pop up in the same way so well that specific one if you just look up korean horror webtoon it is it is the first link oh that's amazing oh, it came out in 2011 that's probably because it was 2011. so good, oh my gosh yeah. oh i was so close though i said 15 years and it's about 12 that's pretty good <laughs> yep but yeah that one in yeah. particular like when that's that first came the, out, I had no walking, idea about walking it. Walking on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yep, yep. And that is. I'm not going to give it away. And that is based off Asian mythology too. It is yes. very much the, yes. like. Yeah. So do you read? But I used to. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to. Uh, do you read things like Junjo Ito, like classic true horror manga? Mm-hmm. Okay, first of all, don't call it classic. Okay, Junjo Ito is <laughs> not classic. <laughs> yet. But I he mean, does have. He is, does tap into. You know, but I would say he does tap into like uh, content. Like he has, I think, fairly created his own lore of what horror is. Yes. Um, he doesn't necessarily tap into 
um, the very old, like very old traditional Japanese horror lore, such as like Yuki Ona or like, you know, the lady that has a really long neck or, fl- or her head floats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He kind of, d- he's done his own thing, but the art style that he communicates it in is um, sort of, it looks traditional as the manga and stuff. I think it's really well done. One of the favorite things I love about Junji Ito is I've s i have do not know if you've ever seen a photo of him. He looks so wholesome. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna look one up right now. It's not just the fact that he looks so wholesome. Like there's stuff where it's just like Junji Ito, his art, and then him. And it's just like you see his art, it's like yeah. really spooky, scary. And then you see a picture of him and yeah, he's he just like look smiling. Like, he doesn't and look he's like, like some wannabe like goth dude who's No, like, he's just like the most like, wholesome looking lovable dude. And I'm just pa- like oh You pass him on the street. You pass him on the street, you would not know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. He looks um, like just like this really lovely like office worker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He he looks so wholesome. And then you look at his art at his art and you're like, whoa. <laughs> yes. Um something that's similar. I remember so the the horror literature I used to actually read, mm-hmm. uh, aside from Goosebumps, but in that, I, I used to read a lot of Eastern European lore. Oh, like Slavic? About, like mythology and horrors. Yes, like Slavic in nature. Some things that were like, I honestly don't remember much because like it's been so long. Like I'm not even joking. It's literally been almost 20 years since I've really looked it up. Mm. But a lot of it was... Um, you know, just things that were less Americanized, less like sensationalized, uh, and they don't typically make a lot of like movies or other additional media about. Mm-hmm. But like the monsters that they would have, um, the creatures, the things like a bump in the night, um, that was that was kind of my jam. About like, I, I wish I could name more of the things I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but they were really just like. Yes, like sort of Slavic, Eastern European, sort of like the old, old, like you know how a lot of horror or horror folk tales are like based off of um, what is that? What's the what's that like? Uh, uh, the Brothers Grimm. Yes. Right. There's a lot of stuff that's based off of the Brothers Grimm. This the things I'm talking about are things that the Brothers Grimm are based from. Like like. Brothers Grimm is another level up of of stuff that they've collected and and tales and and monsters and things like that, and then the things I'm talking about are like the sourcing of what like the core the stories where those stories came from, exactly. And mm-hmm. then like I really like those because a lot of that was like very um, corporeal somehow. Like they're not there. It's it, there's no like. Sp- it's not really spirits a lot of the time. A lot of it is like creatures and the environment of Eastern Europe in the sense of like old growth forests and like old villages and places that are lived in. And that's how I also compare like Junji Ito's sort of, uh, what I mean when I say he's created his own sort of genre Mm -hmm. uh, and his own lore, he creates these worlds that are lived in and therefore they feel like there's um some tangible aspect in it it's not just something that is uh i don't know too superficial i guess is the I, right I, word. I think what you're aiming for is essentially these stories and like junji ito stories the way they're told and the, the way that you go through them they mm-hmm. feel more real like this is something that could happen to something around you kind of scenario where it you can mm-hmm. see this like this village and you could probably like go there kind of scenario versus like some of the horror stuff out there these days is very much like, yeah, that's horror, but it's kind of like it's ridiculous. That's not really going to be realistic kind of scenario. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's too crazy too out there. Are you mm-hmm. talking about tapping into like humanity's foundational fears, things that we all universally are scared of? So yes, there's something that I, so I, I, I've said this story before on the podcast, but I haven't, I don't think I've ever told you to, hmm. um, because it's not like a topic that just comes up. Um, so I used to live uh, on this, at this house that had a, like a large corner lot. Um, both of you actually been there because we mm-hmm. used to record live podcasts at that house and it was a large corner lot. And then the backyard, like it, because it's a, it, it's an older neighborhood, large backyard, not a lot of lighting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm sort of a night owl, so sometimes I'll do like errands at night or whatever. And I remember this one time, and I don't scare easy. Like, I genuinely can't remember the last time I was like 
truly you're a, a very person. unflusterable person i would say yeah like mm-hmm. like i'm pretty steady on my feet and i remembered i wanted to just take out the garbage really quickly so you know just like any other neighborhood in calgary you know most of you have back alleys that you're gonna uh throw your stuff in, in the bin right yep and our back yard did not really have any lighting in it and there was like a couple of street lamps nearby on the actual uh, street but that's like covered by tree foliage and stuff like that anyway so i'm just saying that it was mostly dark in the backyard have to travel through the backyard most people know their backyards Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm gonna throw that out there Mm -hmm. (laughs) that you're probably not unfamiliar with the back garden path that goes to the gate and then you're gonna check yourself in the bin and i did all that and on the way back in so like there's a there's a tree that grows in this backyard. And like I said, it was just mostly dark. I have no fear of the dark. But I think the tree snagged my shoulder for a second. Mm-hmm. And I, in that moment, I was like, what was that? Even though I have no real reason to feel unsafe, I'm in my own backyard in a populated city of over a thousand or over a thousand, over a million people. <laughs> definitely over like, a thousand. There's no real reason. Yeah, definitely over a thousand, a thousand thousands. And in that moment, I kind of just understood what it might have been like to grow up in a time without like electricity. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're traveling through the woods at night and you've got actual wildlife around you. And they're all making like, I don't know if you've ever heard what a, I think it's like a wildcat, maybe like a cougar or a lynx. Oh, they make crazy sounds. Scream. They mm-hmm. make uh, sounds that sound like a woman screaming. Yeah, humanoid screams. Very terrifying. And in that moment, I could understand where a lot of our like mythologies come from and lore about like why every culture has like demons and devils and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Because, like I said, I was in pretty much the most safe environment I could be. And a familiar one at that. Being inside, <laughs> yeah, inside, other than being inside a house or something like that. And I was still like, oh, like that got me for a second. Mm-hmm. Just the worst feeling of that unknown. And I glimpsed into it in 2020, uh, 2018 or something like that, mm-hmm. where I have no, I live in an environment that I should have no such fear. And it still got me for just half a second there. I was like, okay. And I think that's the kind of genre I'm into. That's, yeah. that's why I need that, that whole, like, it, it, there's a tangible fear I think that's about your environment. It feels that much more right? real, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a pretty... Yeah. Pr- I, as someone who has gotten uh, temporarily lost while hiking in the woods, I, I think I can... Under- that, that's probably the most scared I've been in my entire life. Truthfully, something like that would be more scary to me yeah. than like. Yes. And I knew I because wasn't. Because you're actually in the. And, but the thing yeah. is, I wasn't. I knew I wasn't that lost. I was hiking mm-hmm. really close to Banff Town site. Right. I knew that I couldn't be more than a kilometer away from the hiking trail that I accidentally got off of. I was with my best friend. It was broad mm-hmm. daylight. It was Saturday. Like. Oh. Um. And we. But we you still like. But, had that moment. But there was about thirty minutes where both of us were. You don't want to voice your fears, right? So both of us were like trying to be like, yeah, da, 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 I think we should go this way. But both of yeah, us yeah. the entire time were like, holy crap. And once we got back, we went to the McDonald's that's in Banff. I bought like seven <laughs> large pops. The center I was just of like, civilization. You know, I was like other humans. <laughs> McDonald's, we're safe again. <laughs> but the odd thing was at first we were scared that we hadn't seen other people. And then we became uh, scared to see other people. Like there was yeah. one oh, point we, oh, we, where we yeah. saw a tent in the distance and we were like, yeah. do we go to the tent? That tent is so off trail. Yo, that's like, some, that like, like the, the most old like survival. Yeah. And yeah then, that's but like we had the, to walk the... by it. Cause we ended up walking along, yeah. um, dirt, dirt bike trails. Cause we knew that hmm. would take us yeah. somewhere. And we walked by this tent and it's afterwards. I was like, these people were harmless it smelled like weed sure. like these people were definitely just hanging out but <laughs> in that moment we were like who are these people like, like let's sne- we we were for a second How we were like should we it? ask them where we are or should we just like sneak past and just keep going mm-hmm. um we saw like a little Look. campfire smoke at one point and we were like we're not going there yeah. like that gives us bad vibes and it's not rational because i'm sure those people were just regular campers but mm-hmm. the, the, that and fear shifted the, the fear shifted from wow we haven't seen people in t- 15 minutes to okay, like, now I don't want to see people until we're back onto the very established trail that we know we're supposed to be on, right? All I can say is, how bad is it that, like, you see 
or you think there could be suspicious bad people in a tent somewhere near Banff, and you find solace in the clown-themed fast food <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> but there's so and many like, witnesses. That's the one. That's the, sa- that's the safety. I'm going to get some nuggies. <laughs> food is comforting, nuggies okay? Food is very comforting. Nuggies of safety. Mm-hmm. No, that's it's it's fair. Um, and I don't believe, yeah. uh, sorry, and I don't believe at all in in things like Bigfoot or Slenderman or whatever all the, like mm. these types of things. But if you asked me in that moment, I wouldn't have been a hundred percent confident that I wouldn't have seen something I didn't want to see, right? Like something mm. unusual mm. or outlandish. Again, I was we really could not have been more than 10, 15 minutes away from other humans at any point. We just we're kind of going parallel to the trail instead of going on it. Uh, mm-hmm. And our signal was not very good. And I kept, we, we were afterwards supposed to go to an Odafest friends, like going away party. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, they, well, Jay and company know when we don't show up after three hours to call. They know we're here. Call people, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just being like. If we, if we truly get lost, somebody <laughs> will come look for us. I hope. No, they're gone. They're dead. <laughs> There's no hope. Um, but yeah, uh, that's the kind of horror I think we all can actually relate to. I don't get scared at Scream Fest mm-hmm. or like actual like like oh, they're they're manufactured horror is not scary. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I, I completely agree with you, which is why like the real like horror that actually still gets me these days um, is more of the the literature, the the written horror, but it's like the creepy pastas of like mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Of uh, like you said, the more the more normal, the more stuff that Relatable is familiar. Fears. Yes, and then it's like it. Then it takes that familiar, and then it twists it a little bit, and that little bit of a twist is all of a sudden it starts making everything more creepy, more scary, and it's like, ooh, that gives you the little bit of extra shudders. Yeah, it gives you the shivers. But it makes me wonder if people who don't grow up by the mountains like us, if they have the same fear of the forest, or like, are they more scared of the ocean or something, the desert, some something more environmentally real, relatable to that mm-hmm. person? I think, I think part of it is um, the environment you grow up in, up in might factor in. But you could also argue the uh, argue the other way, where it's like because you don't know these other environments as well. They're they scary. More fear to them because you. It is more of the unknown. Um, whereas, like, if you live in the desert, I've never lived in the desert, but if you live, if you grow up in Nevada or something like that, maybe you're just aware of more of what the uh, environment can present or what the you know uh, natural hazards are that could create such fear, um, and how someone could tie in you know maybe slight supernatural elements to that. But mm-hmm. you, you like you understand it though, and maybe. You're less scared of it somehow, but you're you just but you have almost like a nostalgic tie-in hmm. versus like true unknown. Like I don't know, again, jack shit about deserts. I don't know much about old growth forests. I don't know much about uh, the ocean that much. I, I kind of grew up by the ocean, but most people that I've found with any fear of the ocean have to do with like there's either the fe- it's the fear of the unknown, like the death and the and the being dragged down. Of, yeah, exactly. Or that because they actually just don't know how to swim. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to survive in that environment. Yeah, I, I know like, that fear. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a real fear of not knowing how to swim. Oh, oh yeah. no. Do you not know how to swim, G? No. This is a new thing I'm learning. It's cuz when I was growing I mean, up, I was tall and there therefore it was like, "All right, we're going to we're going to yeah, okay." But like it was the thing of like <laughs> it's like when it was like swim class, it's like, "All right, we're going to swim in the shallow end." And I'm like standing in the water was not even that high on me and I'm like, "What? How am I supposed to swim in this?" <laughs> and they're like, oh, you know, just swim along with everybody." And I was just like, "This isn't working cuz my feet just keep hitting the the floor." And Ooh. they're like, "Okay, you can go a little bit further." I'm like, "That's still not enough." And then I couldn't go to the deep end because they're like, that's not safe. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do then? So I never really learned how to swim. Oh, man. I recently, I learned another friend didn't know how to swim. I want, I think I offered to teach them. But apparently in Calgary pools, um, you're not allowed to teach other people how to swim because I think it's just a liability issue for Mm -hmm. them. Really? And they explicitly state that, like, you're not allowed to teach someone how to swim in our pools. Please just take our, like, swimming lessons. I'm not thinking, I actually don't think it's like, like a cash grab or whatever, because at the end of the day, they're trying to teach you a valuable skill mm-hmm. as administered and coached by people who know how to better know how to swim better than 
you know, most of the population in a sense, you know, and are prepared so for it. a situation where somebody might like panic or like, yeah, are exactly. strong swimmers in and of yeah, their own right. Exactly. Exactly. So like, while that kind of annoyed me, I was just like, you know, I think it's a good idea. Like, because you can enjoy so many other recreational activities mm-hmm. uh, once you do learn how to swim. But uh, I would advise that. I don't know. I think it's fun. Yeah. And then you won't have to be scared about it. I was about to say <laughs> that true. we should we should do a, a group thing where we take Jean and teach him how to swim. But then now you've dashed my dreams and hopes. <laughs> I, I mean, like, we, we go could go all the same and just <laughs> going to the lake is so much more unsafe that I, I really don't think that's a good idea. Don't, why would you say that? Don't tell him that. <laughs> we could have done it. <laughs> and you've taken away that possibility. Well, there are people on the staff who are actually really like Ian has a like a lifeguard level swimming certification, mm. so that's probably safe, right? I think. I would. Mm, I would hope so. <laughs> we'll see. I, I we'll think te- at the very we'll least, I would be like... We'll put certification to the test. I, I, I would very much be like, all right, can you drag me in a scenario that I need to be dragged? If yes, then I'll feel safe around that. I think that that's a yes for most people because the buoyancy really, like, you're, you are much taller than most mm-hmm. of us, but the buoyancy actually changes. It, it's not as big of a deal to lift somebody up when you have the big weight. Uh, in wa- yes. Yeah, in water. Yeah. Lo- like, logic tells to, me you that makes a lot of sense. I can carry a bunch of friends on my shoulders in the water. I can do it in uh, like on dry land, but it's easier um, in water. Buoyancy helps a lot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I think we've got to put a cap on the episode. Yeah, there's so many more things I want to talk here. about, though. But yeah, I think we should cap it. Well, there's always more opportunities. I'm glad to have you guys here. So thank you so much for joining me. And again, we'll be trying to get more guests. Uh, co-hosts on here so you know whenever you're available i'm sure we can do a few more rotations of of friendly voices on our podcast always happy to help out yeah just let me know this is a great excuse to uh lock myself away and be like sorry you had to take the baby somewhere else and i don't have to look <laughs> and deal with him for two wow, hours what a clearly loving stance <laughs> you're like i'm with my family all the time i don't i just need okay. a break to talk about horror <laughs> yes yeah, exactly but yes oh. thank you so much for joining me and thank you for having us yeah thank you so much everyone take care enjoy the rest of your spooky month until then goodbye goodbye, goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> spooky, spooky.